All right. Well, let's 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 just get started. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us. This is the Flashpoint Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Owen Higgins. I am joined by my monthly plus guest, Aaron Thorpe, uh, where we discuss current events. Uh, if you're listening live or on replay on the app, please be sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, so, yeah, Aaron, um, I know we've been. We kind of jumped the gun a little bit. We started talking about uh, Uvalde, but uh, before we get there, uh, how how's it been going for you? And um, you know, we were actually we were talking about before this is promise I connected about um, using my Twitter for other things besides discourse, and a part of that was because the shooting um, just kind of broke my brain, man. You know, I, I think that it broke everyone's brain, but I think what makes it more appalling the more we learn um, which is speaking of which the more we learn it's like seems like the police at every turn are uh, making it harder for people to know what actually happened but um yeah man it's just it's just the police response you know it's one of those things where you know that the cops don't do shit you know you know that we spend bottomless resources you know and valorize them in the media and our culture and then to see something like that where there's stopping parents making it you know they're stopping parents from getting into school man instead of stopping the shooter and when they do run into the school they're running in to get their own kids so um i've just been trying to take it easy man because um just kind of in the aftermath of that it's things have gotten even unimaginably kind of bleaker you know um and, you know not to be start off as a downer but it's just something i think that people gotta it's one of those things where i think in the wake of george floyd you know um i was you saw this for the first time, I guess, or first time in a while, people kind of peering through the cracks and seeing the contradictions for what they are. So that's the most I can hope for out of this. But we know how these mass shootings go, right? We usually know that Democrats, um, you know, act like uh, there's nothing they can do about it. And Republicans double down and more money goes to the cops. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's Well, there's a there's a couple of points to to get at there. But, I, you know, I think I probably want to start. um talking about the cops because over the weekend uh it you know some body cam stuff came out of tempe arizona showing some cops there just basically watching a man drown to death and not doing anything about it even though the video shows that they easily could have done something about about it to to save this guy and also um what they did in and this is like similar to uvalde is that uh they threatened his wife with arrest when she was like freaking out and asking them if they were going to do something. Jesus, man. So yeah, it was pretty, that was, that was a pretty bleak, uh, pretty bleak thing to see. Um, especially like, you know, live on camera, like that's like, that's, uh, it's not great. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the more that we hear from Uvalde, uh, you know, this, one of the teachers who was in the room uh, where the shooter was, uh, he he came out and he was talking about uh, what it was like to be in there uh, mm. while this stuff was going down, um, and you know just just really really tough stuff to hear. Basically, you know they just <clears throat> the cops. Uh, the, the guy came in and started shooting, and then the cops, uh, you know, were were there and they, you know, they, they heard them calling for help and then they just weren't there anymore while, mm-hmm. while the, uh, while all these kids and these teachers were, were trapped in there with this guy, with this, uh, you know, AR 15, uh, just, just slaughtering them. And, you know, it's like really, it's, it's really, really hard, uh, to hear this stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, but it has been like what, what's been going on and, uh, like you're right. Like it would be great if this was a moment where where we could hear uh, some kind of change, where we could see yeah. some sort of change in how this country specifically approaches police and policing. Uh, you know whether or not that's going to happen, I don't know. Uh, I don't. You know, my 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 hopes aren't particularly high uh, for that, but I suppose it's possible. I suppose yeah. it's possible. Um, but yeah, like I mean. It, there's no legislative fix coming, I think, is basically uh, the deal, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what you were getting at. You want to expand on that a little bit more? Because I think it's important to talk to yeah. like that out a little bit. Yeah, man. I think, like, you know, I, you know, obviously, 
we, I mean, after Sandy Hook, right, I think people expected that there was going to be some move, some legislation, like, you know, we would um, raise the age, right, of getting a gun. Um, you know, I'm obviously background checks are a thing. Many states already have them. But, you know, it's it's after Sandy Hook, you think something would change. Then um, even when Gabby Giffords, right, got shot, right, um, again, there were talks of gun legislation, gun reform. And then Steve Scalise, <laughs> who's a Republican, right, ends up getting shot and nothing changes. And I just think it kind of speaks to like, I mean, one obviously speaks to like the NRA and, you know, it's kind of chokehold on, you know, the Republican Party and American culture writ large. But it's more than just the NRA. Right. I mean, like I would even say it goes deeper than even, you know, gun reform. Right. Because one thing that one thing that bothers me is you have two sides like kind of on the left. Right. You have people that are like, we shouldn't do anything at all. Right. And then you have people that um, are saying like, OK, yeah, we should have these reforms. But one thing that I think about is oftentimes these reform these reforms um, are punitive on marginalized populations, right? Um, black and brown people, working people, poor people, right? So obviously, right, we need gun reform, but it also has to do with like sort of the institutional racism in this country, which, I mean, not to kind of go over the whole history of this country, but I mean, anyone listening is like, you know, the Second Amendment was for to capture escaped slaves, you know, and to uh, kill indigenous peoples, you take their land, right? It's always been rooted in white supremacy. And, you know, obviously these are issues that conversations that are not going to happen overnight. But I mean, you know, Jesus Christ, you would hope that I don't know how much Joe Biden can do, for example. Right. I don't know by executive order if he can do anything that would be lasting, you know, but I would expect some sort of I don't know, man, like impetus. Right. Like a little bit of like a little bit of like fire in the pants. Right. So to speak, especially when something so disgusting has happened. But the thing that happens, though, I think, is instead of obviously, you know, tackling these deeper issues, the deep seated issues and actually like kind of facing the NRA and facing like the Republicans, what happens is that the Democrats end up giving more money to cops instead. Right. Not only do they say things like, well, you know, we still respect police officers and it could have been worse. To be fair, Greg Abbott, governor of uh, Texas, said that, which is insane. But even from liberals, right, I haven't seen them getting as, I mean, incensed as they should at the police response. Instead, they want to give them more money. We saw this after the Buffalo shooting, right, um, where they're talking about domestic terrorism, right? And I understand that that was um, a white supremacist shooting. But oftentimes, a lot of these shootings, the, the motivations, right, and the causes are kind of embroiled into this Sexist, patriarchal, white supremacist. I mean, we know these things, right? But like I said, you know, there doesn't seem to be a la any political will to do anything about it. So I don't know, man. What is it going to take, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that the most interesting part about this debate is that, you know, whether or not and, – and here I'm, I'm, I'm only speaking to people on the left. I don't really care about uh, what people on the right have to say. But, um, yeah. you know, like there's, there's a uh, – there's a feeling that, you know, you want something to be done or uh, you have that hesitation like you're talking about, like, you know, the, the hesitation of, of feeling like, you know, who who's going to be affected by this? If this is punitive, who's that going to come down on? Uh, which is like totally, I think, uh, you know, a totally reasonable point of view. But mm -hmm. whichever point of view you have, the more interesting uh I guess, I guess aspect of this to me is like why nothing changes and like why yeah. it is that, that, that there are no, uh, why there's no movement on this stuff. And I think that you saw that really clearly with the response to Uvalde, right? Where, uh, you have this horrific mass shooting and, you know, like, like we've been saying, like everything that has been coming out is just like compounding the horror, uh, the police response, uh, you know, the, like the fact that they were trapped in there with this guy for like over an hour, uh, just yeah. like how terrifying that must have been for everybody involved, all of the people who were killed, um, you know, like the families of them, et cetera, et cetera. We, we, you know, we all know this. We don't really need to go like super into it. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I think that what what is interesting here is that there is this moment where you have like you could have a lot of political will on this. Like you could you could see like real political change and uh the Senate goes on recess for 10 days.
Yeah. Like, yeah. That's their response. And then, and, and like their only legislative response is to be like, okay, well, we're going to like start talking to like the GOP about like, you know, ways we can get something passed through the Senate because nobody, like the, the two people in our party are not going to blow up uh, the filibuster. And like, honestly, like, like as far as like the politics go, um, like the minute that they said that you knew that nothing was going to happen. And, yeah. and you're right. It's like, like, so even, even when something this horrific, something this, uh, terrifying happens, uh, they still don't have the political will. They still refuse to use, uh, their, their political power and, and they refuse to use, uh, what should be, you know, basically a slam dunk, uh, to, to kind of force and create this change. And, and it is interesting to like ask like why. And I think the, a, a large part of it is that there's just this uh, iron law of institutions and this yeah. idea where, that you just can't shake this stuff because, you know, if uh, like, like the, the possibility of changing things like that is just too threatening to their little minds to understand what that would look like. And so they kind of just short out, but you know what like it, it's not just guns this happens uh with with all kinds of different legislation all kinds of different issues uh and kind of speaks to a larger problem would you agree with that yeah, I, absolutely man you know it just it reminds me i didn't read the piece but i'm um, in new york magazine um god i forget her name rebecca something traster i think her name is she wrote this piece on diane feinstein called the institutionalist and i haven't i haven't read it um i've just seen like you know tweets and stuff and little excerpts but um i mean you know diane feinstein for example who's going to be 89 right? In, in a couple months this summer. Um, she, I mean, the iron law of institutions, like you're talking about, is that these people do not have a sort of long-term ideological goal. It is just to kind of maintain their own position, right? Within this institution or within the party. Um, Diane Feinstein, I mean, as much as, uh, you know, you can talk to her about how things actually haven't gotten any better. I mean, these people are so resistant to any sort of change, especially like any sort of left-wing insurgency, but literally even just using the power that they have to do anything. I mean, they are so... I don't even know what it is, man. I, I Sometimes I, I wonder... Well, she's is also it, senile. Like, she yes, also and she's dementia. also senile. Exactly, exactly, right? Yes, exactly. And I mean, like, I wonder too, like, you know, sometimes like, you know, if we would, you know, if you want to go to talk about the electoral route and getting younger people in it, um, you know, running for office. I mean, that's one thing, but there are also like these institutions, right? That the right, right? Like it's whole entire media machine, you know, the way that they sort of like run game, like immediately after every one of these shootings, right? Like a, by a script, you know? And I think what it does is that on the cultural end, I think that even for, you know, the people that are horrified and disgusted by this, they're like, that's why we should give teachers guns, you know? And of course you have the cynicism from people like Ted Cruz talking about, well, schools should just have one exit and one entrance like a fucking moron. But I mean, there really is that seems to be not just the lack of political will, but even a sort of a sort of understanding of the terrain and willing to do what's necessary to even push an argument. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they cower, you know, it's like, oh, well, we threw our hands up. This is all we can do, you know. And it's it's I mean, after the death of children, man, especially you, you saying that they went on vacation, man. I totally forgot about that. I mean, the right wing goes into damage control after things like this happen, right? The Democrats go on vacation. I mean, they all went on vacation, but you know what I'm saying? The right wing still has its media organ, right? Like doing well, they damage control. control. The Senate. I mean, like, that's exactly. what I'm saying. Like, they control the Senate. Exactly. They could have said no, but they didn't. They, exactly. They, they, they allowed it to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I this is one of those things where, one of those issues where I'm kind of like, you know, what, what do people do? You know, I, I think I heard, um, I think I heard about like teachers, um, and students maybe trying to organize walkouts, you know, but I don't know if that's going to come to fruition. So I don't know, man, you know, I, I, I don't know what's it's, and unfortunately it seems like we have one of these every week. There was another shooting at a hospital, wasn't there? Yeah. In Tulsa, the, like, uh, last yeah. week, I think. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, we're, 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 um, you know, it looks like we're, we're, uh, well, we've always been multiple shootings in a week, but, you know, these mass shootings that I covered, yeah, they're just happening every other week now, you know? And again, like we were talking about, there doesn't seem to be any political will on the part of the Democrats to do anything about it. Right, right. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 certainly depressing. I also want to say that uh, everybody who's who's live here, if you want to jump into the call, uh, feel free anytime. Uh, there's no, you, you you don't have to wait until later in the show um, if you would like. Uh, yeah, one of one of the things that I've been talking to teachers about is uh, the the kind of surge in copycat threats that have happened after after the. Uh, uh, after after a mass shooting like Uvalde, apparently this always happens. Uh, it's it's a pretty well established phenomenon. It's probably tapering off now because it's been about two weeks. But for about two weeks after it, uh, you will see a lot of of these threats kind of coming out, um, and that's just kind of putting students and teachers on edge even more, uh, where they're just kind of you know they're, they're just going through these soft lockdowns and these drills. Um, you know, I also talked to teachers about the drills as well. I mean, it's just like. It's a constant like feeling of of stress and like this nightmare uh, that they're in. But like you know, for uh, for people who are being you know raised in it, like kids who are just you know used to it all the time now, it probably just feels like what's normal. Um, which you know, in and of itself, is is pretty disturbing to me that you would just kind of like be growing up, you know, expecting a shooter to come in the door at any moment, right? You know what? That's a really good point. You got me thinking, man. Um... I'm I'm 31, so I think that um, I know this trend started before, much before I probably remember. But resource officers in school, you know, in schools, public schools, basically police officers, and um, you know, I noticed in high school, you know, I was getting a little bit old, older that yeah, man, we had cops at the school all the time, and it felt like, I mean, it it now that I'm thinking about it retrospectively, it felt very threatening. It was like a militarized space that we were in, you know, not to like overspeak, but it really did feel like that. And I mean, again, you know, as far as I know, I think in Sandy Hook, there were resource officers, but apparently they were nowhere to be found when the shooting happened. Right. So, I mean, not only is this not only is this uh, uh, like stressful for teachers and students, you know, um, but also I think it's just not it's 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 obviously like it's clearly not working or not helping, you know. So there's a psychological impact, but there's then there's no material effect, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. like it's 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 just not something that um that I grew up with, but I can I can imagine that uh it's it's just this kind of sense that you know there's always somebody there like this added like layer of discipline i guess yes um, but then like you're saying like the minute that you actually need them they're gone like they're exactly. nowhere to be found sandy hook exactly. and uvalde yeah and I, I think it just ends up kind of reproducing like these problems you know because if it's not cops you know failing to uh, to save children from getting shot it's going to be cops uh harassing or even possibly i mean i don't even know if this has happened yet I feel like it, it's it's a terrifying thing, man. I'm not making light of this, but I'm surprised that we haven't heard of a resource officer shooting a child or something like that. You know, a police in a school. I mean, I know police officers have killed children. I mean, last year they killed one percent, I think, of the kids of the people that had died, got killed by police last year with children. But I mean, it's just not it's just not a safe. It's I mean, cops don't belong in any of these spaces. I mean, frankly. Right. But especially in the school, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if we hear some shit and. I don't want to get conspiratorial, but everything that's been with the cops at every turn trying to stop um, the truth from coming out, it it makes me, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if they possibly shot children. I'll be frank with you. I mean, what other reason would they have to not, but you know, I'm not going to go there because I don't know, right? Because it could just be that they just fucked up and they don't want anybody to know, but the implications are not good, right? I just want to make that clear that they're not good. No, and it's plural too. Like it feels like it. It feels like plural, right? Because yeah. if it was just like if it was just like one, like they got caught in the crossfire, like you know, like they would probably have already come out with that. Yes. But uh, that's not. That's certainly not what it sounds like. Uh, no, you know, no. It, and it's scary, it's scary to even talk about this and think about it because it's not even just conspiratorial, but it sort of really brings to the forefront like what cops really are in this country. You know. In such a way that, like, and I know we hear about all these horrifying stories of, you know, um, you know, uh, cops breaking into somebody's home and shooting them, you know what I'm saying? Of cops, um, 
shooting somebody after they tell them that they have a gun, you know, a legal firearm, right? Shooting children. But to that think that they would possibly have shot kids and then not even have the, the courage to admit it and face the consequences. You know, that's, that's like a level of terrifying. I don't, like, I don't think I've, I've smoked enough weed for it to really comprehend and reconcile, you know? I mean, seriously though, it's terrifying, right? No, 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 absolutely. And, and anonymous who, who, who was in the call queue, but then dipped out, uh, did, does bring up this, uh, shooting. And we talked about this. I talked about this with, um, with Thomas Harvey from children's defense fund, uh, last week or the week before uh this shooter uh in Long Beach, California, this uh student resource officer uh killed a teenager um leaving her on life support. I uh, know I think I think killed, but um this right. was back in September 2021. Uh she like I guess there was a, a fight at the school and then she got into a car. Uh, not it's like unclear if she was a student there. It did say uh, that she mm-hmm. left behind uh, a very small child, so possibly like she was a remote student or or had recently graduated, um, and yeah, just shot into the car, uh, killing her. I think wounding another. So certainly uh, something uh, that has been happening. So let's take uh, let's take Michael. Michael, go ahead. Try and just try and keep it to like you know a, a minute or two. Thanks. Michael, are you there? Michael. I know the Michael. I know Michael's there. We've we've heard from Michael before. Oh, there, there we go. Okay, there, there we go. go. Uh, um, yeah, no. So I was just uh, wanted to mention that, like, I know I mentioned last time when you had Cameron on, but like, there's still obviously the very obviously not guarantee that'll happen, but like, GOP has been ramping up the anti-LGBTQ fervor, and mm-hmm. with all with like mass shooting and shit, it just feels like there's probably going to inevitably be some like homophobic or transphobic inspired shooting. Right. Like, and I don't know, it, it just, it is pretty fucked up. And also I think I'm noticing this um, one trend that I think in addition to the fact that Democrats are just stuck in the fucking 1980s, nineties mindset wise, I think a big part of the problem is also that, just like right-wing media keeps being allowed to expand further and further. Like it was already bad enough during like Bush and Obama years and such where you had like Fox news with massive audience and all that shit. But these days it's not just Fox news and talk radio. They've expanded to basically have a massive social media presence that, and what it means is that they, they literally like there can be a fucking, white supremacist shooting and they have an entire media apparatus that can just find a way to deflect blame for all that shit. And I don't know, like even with the cops doing shit, it doesn't feel like there's going to be any sense of accountability so long as they have that media apparatus. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's certainly a concern. You know, I I do, I, I do want to address uh, just before we start talking about, uh, the conservative media apparatus, and then after that, we'll take Lauren. Um, mm-hmm. But just going to what Michael was saying about uh, the, you know, the the, the homophobic, transphobic, uh, you know, all, all of this kind of dangerous rhetoric that that has been swirling around. Uh, there's there was a uh, uh, there was like a group of like Christo fascist uh, uh, kind of like like militia i guess or mob that mm-hmm. went to this um this uh, uh gay community space in dallas i think it was um mm-hmm. the, the the other day and they were you know they were saying stuff like you know like the the cops just go in there and shoot everyone in the head like what else is the badge for that's like okay like let's set that aside but um you know obviously like this stuff is ramping up and um you know these homophobic attacks these transphobic attacks are just like making that more likely this language around grooming um, and just, and, and just, you know, generally, I mean, if you want to hear more about uh, these, like the specifics of, of how wretched this transphobia stuff is going, uh, you can listen to uh, the episode MK Anderson, where we talk about Jesse single. And you can also listen to my episode uh, uh, earlier uh, on, on transphobia, but 
uh, this this stuff is even like more amped up than that because this is like really, really, really like specifically violent uh, direct threats. Uh, yeah. Where and and I think Michael's correct. I think that it's it, it is it's it's less like um, it's less of an if and and much more of a when at this point. Absolutely, and you know I just want to mention one thing before we take um, Lauren's call, but I want to mention that I saw today on Twitter that there's some conservative group that is um, organizing and pushing for um, folks to go into libraries and take out books that they believe are um, have LGBTQ um, content in them. And, you know, like Michael was saying to kind of connect the two, um, he's absolutely right in that it's not just talk radio or Fox News. It's moved into the online media sphere, independent media sphere, especially um, where, you know, I'm pretty sure you have these groups that are funding you know, like a libs of TikTok, for example, or things like that. And it's got, it's, it's offline. Like it, it, it's this off online fervor, right? And we think we see this in the mobilization with Trump that is like seeped into the real actual world, like materially speaking, where there are people that are inspired to bring their bodies to spaces based on some shit they saw on the internet, right? Not even just heard from Fox News. In fact, Fox News is getting it from the shit on the internet and then on um you know mainstream media regurgitating that shit and inspiring people to go out there physically so like you said owen i think it's not so much a matter of um of if but when and that's i mean i i don't i don't see any adequate response from that from from liberals you know at least right yeah, or really the left, sadly. I mean, like, the, like the, yeah. yes, the left. Yes, yes. It's been pretty the left too, man. It's been pretty disheartening to see. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that uh, the the people are getting more and more emboldened uh, mm-hmm. to to say more and more extreme stuff, uh, and. I'm not saying that people should be banned from saying what they want to say. Um, what I'm saying is that we are now in a political social environment where uh, this stuff has been like normalized and kind of like flattened down to the point where people start to feel comfortable expressing these views in public because they're starting to feel like they have the dominant view. And there's no longer this sense of like shame or the fact that or the sense that like people don't agree with you about this. And that Absolutely. is, and and that I think is an indication of kind of where stuff is going. Uh, there's there's this um, virulent uh, anti-trans, uh, anti-Semitic uh, blogger in the UK named Helen Joyce, um, and she mm. recently, uh, on a show that she was on, uh, basically just called for uh, the genocide of trans people in the, in that she was calling for the for their. Uh, identity erasure uh not not that she was specifically calling for them to like be put into camps and like necessarily Mm -hmm. exterminated although she Mm -hmm. definitely didn't rule that out in her comments but um she was just saying that you know that they should in a sane society like they shouldn't they just basically should not exist um and that's like a that's like a massive escalation uh in rhetoric and that's from someone who would probably pretend uh to be somewhat left of center so that's certainly uh, where that stuff is going. That's why I think that it is uh, a case of like more a case of like not if and when. And I mean, this is and and that's not even to talk about like the uh, the individual violence uh, that people in these communities go through uh, all the time. But 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 that's 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 secondary to to what we're talking about here when we're specifically talking about like these threats of mm-hmm. of of right wing um i think mass shooting violence i think that's kind of what we're getting at and yep. and that stuff uh sadly feels like it's it's kind of more on the way uh let's yep. let's get lauren here uh lauren go ahead hey owen um i'm going to i'm going to rage about school resource officers for a minute if that's okay with you <laughs> please go do ahead. All right. So Aaron, I heard you say you're 31. I'm a few years older than you. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I know Columbine happened when we were in school. I remember seeing SROs. Um, by the time I graduated, I never felt safer with these men around. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm a public school teacher. I, I'm in upstate New York in a middle school. 
And, uh, you know, we have at least one armed cop in the building the whole time. I, I subbed for six, seven years before I landed a full-time job. Never felt safe with these men around. Always wondered, especially after Parkland, like, would they let me die? Would they mm-hmm. wait for me to be bleeding out on the ground before they did anything? But, um, I mean, they don't actually keep us safe in schools, but they are instrumental in maintaining the school-to-prison pipeline as mm. are the complicit teachers who involve these armed agents of the state in classroom management, which teachers should be able to have a handle on. Um, I have read stories about children in primary grades, I'm talking kindergarten through second grade, having handcuffs put around their upper arms above the elbow because their wrists are too small because disruptive classroom behaviors are being criminalized and these kids are being fed into a system that is going to to brand their behaviors, criminal pathologize them and just set them up to to be in this system for their whole lives. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like I just needed to kind of put that out there because I get really upset every time I think about it. I teach in a high need district. I teach students with disabilities. I teach kids who are at risk of having their behaviors criminalized. And I just, you know, shame on on the school districts for bringing them in, shame on the the people who allow these, the school budgets to pay these men's salaries, Mm. and shame on every single Karen in the classroom who cannot manage their own classroom, who cannot manage disruptive behaviors, and decides to escalate and criminalize the behavior of children by involving police in classroom management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it's just like living in such a punitive society. You know, it really starts from the beginning. You know, it really starts from the root. And I mean, you you would think that if resources instead would go to be making sure that teachers have the supplies they need and also like the money that they need to continue to teach, right? You know, and live as human beings, right? Outside of just school. You know, and if you would think about the the social services and resources, right, that could be provided for, you know, children that, you know, need either, um, you know, help at home or mental health help or anything like that. But instead, all of these things, as Lauren was saying, they're criminalized and institutionalized. Right. So these kids, you know, the school to prison pipeline, it really is this straight thoroughfare from having these kids in heavily militarized and police schools. Right to arresting them for bullshit because you don't have uh, social workers there and counselors there to deal with these issues, right? So that they, you know, they get thrown in like juvenile detention. And I mean, you know, before they're like 21 or something like that, they're in fucking jail, you know? And I mean, I've like seen this happen with like friends or the friends of uh, kids of friends, you know? And it's, it's, it's something that's so naturalized and normalized that nobody thinks twice about it because we've naturalized like this role of police officers as like, you know, these, these guardians and protectors, you know, more so than we trust even teachers. That's why they get the resources where teachers don't. And I mean, I don't know, I don't want to ramble, but it's, I mean, it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, the idea of like putting the handcuffs on the kid's upper arm is just like, yeah that's just so fucked man like why why is that even an option like i guess i i guess i'm just i guess i'm just uh mind blown man i mean yeah like, yeah yeah the type I'm of just board, sad you know man the, the thing that worries me man too is like you know um with whether it's cops trying to like slip on handcuffs onto the small skinny wrists of children you know or whether it is the officers that didn't run in and save those kids. I mean, these, these, these cops, they don't think of anyone else who's not a cop or their family member as a worthwhile human being. Right. And that's terrifying, you know, whether also whether or not they're, you know, policing over policing black and Brown communities, communities as like, you know, in, as if, as if they're foreign invaders, right. They're invading a country or something like that, occupying it rather, you know, it's, I mean, it's 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 something that I, I again, I, I'm just kind of speechless because you would think after this shooting, you would think after Sandy Hook, but this shooting especially that, 
people would kind of be like, no, you know what? Fuck the police. You know, there's a reason why we were out on the streets a couple years ago. Right. There's a reason why we were doing that. And I mean, I mean, it's just I don't know, man. It's a lack of political will. I don't really have anything else to say about it, but it's a lack of political will and uh, and honestly just sort of just sociopathy, you know, and apathy really that I didn't I didn't I didn't think was possible, but I mean, you know, we we live in we live in America, so I guess anything's possible, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's that's just it's just yeah. fuck, man. Yeah. It's just real fucked. And and I think that uh I I mean if if that's like your answer to to how to deal with like, you know, stuff in the classroom, like maybe maybe you shouldn't be a teacher. Yeah. You know, if you can't yeah. handle your class I mean that I mean that is basically what Lauren was saying. Like if you but if you can't yeah. handle your classroom then Maybe it's time for you to find like another job, you know, like like in the similar way to how in that training manual on how to deal with uh, how, how to deal with um, students or like like how to deal with active shooter situations mm-hmm. uh, that that the that the cops who who, who stood by and cowered uh, while the shooting was going on uh, took. Uh, you know, it said like you know, maybe you know, if you're not if you're not ready to just like go in there and die, then you're probably in the wrong like line of work. You know, exactly. like similar thing. Like if you're not if if you're a teacher and you're not willing to you know just deal with your classroom, then you're probably just in the in, in the wrong line of work. Like if your if your response is to just go after, uh, you know, like go to the cops and 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 hope that the school resource officer can remove the student from your classroom. Uh, don't think that you're in the right line of work. Basically. Exactly. You know, and you know, and I was thinking too, and you know, Lauren could speak probably more to this in terms of teachers, but you know, the way that like, not to get too theoretical and whatnot, and you know, like kind of um, high minded, but you know, the way that like capitalism and capitalism and its social relations warp, um, you know, every single profession or job that somebody would want to do, you know, like we understand that police are what they are, right? They, they exist for a very specific reason, right? That is not for, you know, um, protecting or serving the working class, right? But even teachers, right? Like, it's like their relation to their students is warped where they're no longer educators. And I mean, you know, I, I hope I'm not putting this too much on teachers, but I would hope that, I would think that parents who send their kids to school see their, their these teachers as some sort of like extended guardian, right? Outside of the family, you know? That you're taking care of this kid for six hours or the institution of the school, at least. Right. As well. But the teacher specifically for six hours a day or whatever. Right. But that's been warped and inverted where they are deputized by the state to administer punishment to children, you know, facilitated by fucking cops. You know what I mean? And the teachers that I guess want to do the right thing, um, you know, it's bleak. Right. It's very bleak and pessimistic for them to even try to do so when there are like armed, you know, the armed dogs of capital walking around the halls of school. You know, not to sound dramatic about it, but like that story that we just got sent, like um, someone's been shot and killed. Right. By a resource officer, you know, with a gun. So I'm honestly surprised that we haven't seen this happen more, you know. Yeah, just I mean, it, it it just adds like another layer of like danger and violence uh, yeah. to schools and to and 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 to you know being in public spaces. I mean, like that's another thing. Like these public spaces are just like getting so hyper militarized. You know, people are talking about and, and just to bring it back, like you know, as you were saying about uh, Ted Cruz and like the one door. Like so, okay. So first of all, if you put like one door in and one door out, like that's a massive like fire code violation. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's like more it's it's a statistically much more likely that that's going to cause like death or injury uh, than a mass shooting because statistically, and I know that this is like, and I'm not trying to be like, well, actually about it, but like statistically, mm-hmm. um, you know, like it's more it's 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 a lot more likely that uh, that as a um, 
as somebody who is, you know, in, in the classroom, like you're more likely to be hurt by something other than like a mass shooter. Like that's not a thing that, you, you know, usually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's like, I guess that the question is, is like, you know, at what point are you just, just waiting for one thing or another to happen, right? Like, like, what, yeah. like, like, is it going to be like hyper violence from the school resource officer? Is it going to be somebody walking in with a gun? Is it going to be some like insane right winger who, yeah. you know, was, was like listening to Tucker Carlson too much, uh, coming in to like, uh, uh kill the, uh, the, the teachers who are grooming the students. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it yeah. there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, but like, I think that having school resource officers have, which like, I don't, I don't even know why we're using this euphemism. Having school yeah. cops is like yeah, a situation where, yeah. you know, like, it's just yeah. going to be like worse. Like, so why would you do that? I just, I, it's just, you know it's a short sighted, it's a short sighted solution that just ignores that there are like other actual lasting solutions that could be, that could be uh, put into effect, but they're just refusing to do it. And that, that this is a refusal like this is not like like an example uh of you know this is all that we can do uh this is an example of like no there are like things that you could do and um these are the decisions that have been made absolutely and one thing last thing i want to say too is like you just brought up a really good point you know we've been calling them resource uh resource school officers or whatever and you brought up a really good point let's just call it what they are man a lot of this shit not a lot of it. I mean, there's the material aspect, obviously, but the way that it's propagandized, right, is with this obfuscation of what they actually fucking do and using these flowery terms to divert attention from the fact that, no, these are like motherfucking cops in schools with guns, right, around children. And think about what, if you as a parent, if you really took that um, into context and thought about it, whether you or not, you would feel comfortable, right? But then again, I think the same case in Uvalde, and specifically in Uvalde, I think, you know, um, you have parents who are going through their own socioeconomic or in Uvalde racial issues, right? I mean, it 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 doesn't strike me, right, that yes, the cops are fucking shit anyway, but especially the fact, right, that these were, I think, mostly like Mexican families and children, right? Latino children, you know, brown children. And sort of this, the way that, and I understand that the cops were too, right? But the sort of vilification, right, of immigrants that are coming from um, across the border and how much that factored into them just not giving a shit, as well as the parents and the, 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 the district and the region and the city itself to not have the resources, right, that I don't know, you know, I don't want to go too far ahead that may have prevented this. No, I think so, truly. I'll say it, they may have prevented this, right, because they don't give a shit about these people. You know, yeah. That, I mean, that, that you know, that kind of stuff was coming out too. Like they were saying that um, that they uh, they were saying that that the, the, like there were already issues. There were already mm-hmm. issues, uh, like with with how the cops treated people within the community, and so like that you know, the, like there's there's it, it's not happening in a vacuum. You're totally right. Like it's yeah. not happening in a vacuum, and like there's you know there's there's probably and you know, like this stuff will come out. So, I, so you know, I, I'm I'm just I'm just saying that this is just uh, something that I'm thinking. But that, mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it'll probably come out that, like, you know, like like this was an under-resourced community where 40% of their tax dollars uh, went to the cops, the cops who ended up doing nothing. But like 40% yeah. of that went to them. And so, you know, what does that tell you about how the school was probably funded? Probably not particularly well. Plus, they're in Texas which has been, you know, like having this constant war on public education uh, for years now. And so it's like Mm -hmm. all this compounding stuff. So like, obviously, like it might have been very easy for this guy uh, to find his way in there. Um, Although that doesn't appear to be like his motivation, his motive, like whatever his motivation may have been, um, you know, looks like maybe his grandmother worked there at some point. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot of like weird, like, like shit that's going to come out uh, as far as like whatever could be your possible motivation to do something this horrifying I'm not trying to get off on a tangent on that, so I'll stop that yeah. tangent there. But yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's just like there's, there's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like this stuff does not happen in a vacuum. No, it doesn't, man. It's all compounded, and you know, like again, you know, like the, you know, I won't go down that rabbit hole either, and not to excuse like 
Because to do something like this, like, I mean, I don't mean to dematerialize it, but I mean, you have to be an evil motherfucker, right? Like, there's just something where I have to kind of be like, no, like, you know, there are there are social and economic factors, but let's be clear, this guy's a fucking psycho, right? But at the same fucking time, we can't ignore that there are factors that compound these things and allow them to fucking happen, you know? And that I don't think that anyone sort of raised in most 99.9% of people, the majority of people raised in an environment that actually gives a shit about them, right? Would not have to be, um, um, you know, subject to such fucking horror, you know, not just the horror of sort of the daily grind, right? Of living as like, you know, um, as someone who is undesired in this country, but then to have your kids also be seen as undesired by the fucking police and the state itself, you know, I mean, like, there are a lot of factors that allow something like that to happen. And, uh, you know, last thing I'll say, like, people who individualize this, like, liberals love to individualize these issues. Conservatives do, too, for their own reasons. I mean, it's just more obfuscation, again, right, of, like, what the grander, larger issue is, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and I think that is a good, that, that's a really important distinction, too, like, that, mm-hmm. that, uh, um, not excusing it to just talk mm. about like these other factors that might have been in it. Like there is, like there is no. I, 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 my brain just stops even like working when I think about like what it would take for somebody to yeah. to do something like this. It's just like Absolutely. so abhorrent and horrific. Um, but like there are like these other issues swirling around that uh you know that they have to be have to be addressed. Also, um, I. I want to say, uh, you know, we we have a little bit of time left, um, and mm. I think Lauren's comment in the chat about like the line goes up thing is really interesting. If you want to jump back in, Lauren, talk about that, uh, mm. that would be that would be welcome. But um, yeah, I, I think oh, there she is. Okay, we'll just do that then. Mm. Yeah, here I am. So, like like I said before, you know, I teach special ed. My kids have disabilities. None of my students read on grade level. None of them perform on grade level, and that's just how it is. Mm. Um, But in the district that I'm in, and I'm learning about this as a first-year teacher, um, we do, we give them a standardized test a few times a year to measure the individual student growth in math and reading, because those are the only two areas that we care to test. Fuck history, fuck science, (laughs) how are they doing in reading, how are they doing in math. And there is a projection, you know, that that X percentage of the grade level is supposed to demonstrate Y percentage of growth. And I don't have those numbers offhand because I don't give a shit about those numbers. Um, But that's like I have in my room, I have a bulletin board full of drawings that students have made me. I have notes where students tell me how much they love me, that I'm the best teacher you know, like all these little sweet things, all these things that I could show somebody to demonstrate what we do at school. This is what the students produce. You know, I could I could tell show you a whole bunch of different things to to show how much they have grown and flourished as people from September to now. All they care about, all they measure us on is this one specific metric. What's their growth percentage in reading? What's their growth percentage? In math, and it, you know, it it really does suck the soul out of teaching. Mm. And you know, I'm saying this as a co-teacher. I don't really have much control over the curriculum anyway, because that's my my general education partner's uh, lane. I, you know, I worry about accommodating the disabilities in the classroom. But I mean, the one of the teachers who I worked with just sweats it so. Hard. We need to drill this skill. We need to drill that skill. They need to show growth. They need to show growth. And it's like, you're stressing that and you miss everything else. You miss all of those like joyful little moments that really make being a teacher worth it because you are so focused on this one data driven point. You know, how, you know, each student it generates a line graph for each student and the line has to go up. The line can't go down. And like, mm. it's just, it's like, Oh, okay. So we're doing a capitalism, but for education. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is the financialization of like school. And I mean, financialization, not in 
you know, charter schools or, you know, privatizing schools, anything like that. I'm talking about like, like Lauren, you just mentioned, like literally in the grading or in this, this sort of ranking, right? This sort of, I mean, I don't even know what to call it, like merit-based, I guess, you know, but it's like financialized, you know, it's almost like as if the teacher has like a student portfolio in the sense that, you know, I, I mean, I just don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, cause my brain doesn't work like that. It's just, it's just bizarre, you know? And I think again, to get back to it, I mean, what, and I hope this isn't far-fetched, but what do you do to secure these, this return on investment or these profits, right? Or whatever that means, right? I mean, you rely on police officers and the more punitive, you know, um, 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 kind of uh, like austere, like environment for these kids, right? Where um, they they aren't liable to fuck up, because if they are, then I guess then I guess they're gonna go to jail. You know, they're gonna go through the school to prison pipeline, because obviously, because clearly, any behavioral issues they have or any learning issues they have cannot be solved through um, supporting education and teachers, but just you know, cops. You know. No, I think that's a good point because, like that, like that is the thing. It's like, okay, so we've we've made this investment now, uh, in order to get that return. Uh, you know, we want to see, uh, we, 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 we want to see some good skills. We want to see some yeah. good skills and some good, you know, some good work. We need results. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we need some results here. And if we're not going to be able to get them, uh, well, then we're going to have to take the, uh, the, the product that we've invested this time and money into, and we're going to have to put it into, you know, this other, uh, this other lane, this other production lane, uh, which puts them into prison, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, you know, like that just, uh, it just kind of, it, it does just kind of break it down. Like, like the way that, the way that they think about it, uh, which is incredibly depressing. Uh, so let's take, uh, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth, go ahead. So uh, I, we haven't had you call in before. I don't know if you're familiar with how to use this. Just hit that little mic down there on the bottom, right? That it should unmute you. I think I got it. Can y'all hear me? Got yeah, it. We, we, can, we can hear you. One common thread, kind of between all of, among all of these things, that hasn't come up yet is, and not to be the wet blanket feminist in the room, but is hatred of women, you know? Um, when it comes to mass shootings, one of the best predictors of who, who might become a mass shooter is, you know, the people who have abused women in their lives. Police officers themselves abuse women at a much higher rate than, you know, the general population. And even when it comes to teaching, you know, teaching being a feminized uh, profession, you know, some of those quantification and tracking, you know, to me could potentially come down to a mistrust of women who are the teachers. So just to say that, you know, that's one factor among all the ones that y'all have been talking about very correctly um, that I just thought I would add to the stew. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I think that is a uh, that is that is a great point, and I think that um, I, I think that you know it's it's not it's it's not that we're not talking about that. I think it's that we're just we're just focused on the school part of it. But like, definitely, that's definitely uh, an aspect. There's like the hatred of women, um, like the misogyny. Um, this has been going on for. I mean. You know, arguably since uh, since Columbine, even before, maybe even Wayne Lowe, you could you could track it back to, uh, like, it, it, yeah, that's that's a that's a factor and a part of of this story that's completely impossible to divorce from 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 the other stuff, one hundred percent. Absolutely, and you know, I think not. I think the shooter, um, the shooter in um, um, the Uvalde shooting. Um, if if I'm correct, I know why I'm saying I'm correct. I know about this. Um, women. Um, 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 said that he had harassed them, that he had sent them death threats, right? And they told the fucking police about this, and it's exactly, I think as Elizabeth was saying, the cops, because they're also fucking sexist, misogynist pigs, they take this information and they don't fucking do anything with it, right? And I think, like, what we were talking about earlier, Owen, when we were talking about the factors and all these different factors, these shootings, it always seems to be wrapped up in white supremacy, um, misogyny, you know, um, or, or anti-Semitism, right? Or all of these sorts of, and I don't mean to be like, you know, like, um, um, 
well, I am a lefty, but I don't mean to like, because when you talk about it, people think that you're being like the social justice warrior, right? Because it sounds, it's like almost insane for people to kind of understand this sort of like bundling mass, right, of oppressive systems that like facilitate shootings like this. But Elizabeth is absolutely right, right? It's always, right? Mostly, I mean, I don't want to say always, right? Because I don't want someone to correct me, but I feel like most of the shootings that I've heard about in mass shootings, I've always heard that there has been a sexist, misogynistic element to it and that women came forward to warn law enforcement about this person, right? I mean, this dude also shot his fucking grandmother, right? You know, before he went off and shot the school and like, God bless her fucking soul. She, she was the one that called the fucking cops. You know what I mean? So, I mean, absolutely. Like, this is another one of those things where, you know, you, you can't try to disentangle any one issue and say, no, it's just guns. No, it's just the NRA. No, it's just the right. Or even say, no, it's just the ineptitude of the Democratic Party, which it absolutely is. But it's all these other social issues that both parties, frankly, buy into, you know? I mean, I, 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 I don't want to, you know, I'm going to keep going on, but it's just, it is a complete lack of, when liberals talk about systemic issues or institutions, they'd love to say, um, this is an institutional systemic problem, but they never name the system or the institution, right? They never do. They never want to wrangle with that. So, yeah, I mean, like we've said, on yeah. not to, not to leave it on a grim point, but it looks like we're going to see, we're going to see more of these, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's. That's a really uh, interesting point. That's and and a good way to put it, like because that's totally true. Like they 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 do say it's systemic, they do say it's institutional, but they never name what it is because they don't actually like. There's like and and this is not just like like liberals or Democrats or whatever. I mean, this is just I think I think a lot of people are like this. They don't want to disrupt things too much uh, because you know that's that's kind of that's disruptive. That's yeah. disruptive. That you know that that's that's not like a pleasant uh, thing to do. And so, uh, but yeah, I mean, like in 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 the case of uh, the shooter in in Uvalde, um, yeah, I mean, he was he was directly threatening uh, women and girls uh, that that he was talking to online, um, and they mm-hmm. raised the alarm. And yeah, like nothing happened. Nothing, <laughs> nothing happened. happened. And 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 you know, like uh, so much has been written. Um, over the last couple of weeks about how the cops actually don't have to uh, protect you. And I'm not saying that this stuff is being written. Like, like they're saying that this is a good thing. They're not, they're saying, but they are saying like, this is like the way that it is. Um, And so, uh, but yeah, like this is like another example of that. Like, yeah, like they don't, like they don't have to have to protect you and they don't really have any motivation to do so. And so this is basically what happens. Like they just ignore this stuff and then um uh once once it happens they uh they're just nowhere to be found and that is kind of, that's 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 the cop way and but so but for some reason we're supposed to give them more money and have more of them in schools or valorize them and you know to put a bow on it you know since we're closing out man it's just you know i uh, forgot what i was gonna say but you know it's it's to put a bow on it i guess it's 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 basically that the cops the contradiction is here this is what i remember the contradiction is here is that as you said the cops have no obligation, no legal obligation to protect you, but they do have an obligation to evict your ass, right? Right? They have an obligation, right, to uphold, right, like capitalist and socialist hierarchy, specifically the example of, like, yeah, the cops can evict you, but they don't have to save your life, right? Like, I don't know how else to make that any clearer, but, you know, unfortunately, this is not something that media or liberals not sound like a crank but we know this you know as as lefties this is not something they want to talk about you know because it would then open up all these other contradictions that they don't want to address you know because like you said owen it's too disruptive it'll rock the boat a little bit too much because you can't point at this issue and say okay this is a problem without all these other issues that are embedded in that unraveling and that's just too much work for democrats to do you know liberals to do too much work for I think our political establishment writ large in media to do, whether on the right or the left, right? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I think. I, I, yeah, I think. I think that's. I think that's dead on. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Like you said, like like we're uh, we're wrapping up here. Where can people find you? Find your work? Um, oh, actually, let's take Jason first, and then. Uh, oh no, Jason went away. Okay. Nope. Okay, yeah, back in. 
Let's take it. All right. Jason, go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up? So uh, I'm wondering if you've been paying attention to this, uh, the new news about Julian Assange. No, uh, I, I haven't actually. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, so he's continuing to be extradited to the, to the U.S. right now. Um, the U.K. court overturned the hold on his extradition. So I've been I've been worried that this is a kind of a threat to our free press. Have you have you looked into that at all? Well, I you know I I, I used to do a lot of reporting on Assange. Um, I haven't I haven't had the chance to do um, a lot recently. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's like no question that uh, that his uh, arrest, uh, his continued uh, torture, um, and whatever horrific uh things that the u.s has planned for him uh once they can get him extradited is a threat to uh free speech i mean like it's it's very clear that that that's what it's about aaron you have any comment on that no man just like you said um you know i remember i covered assange um um actually um you know uh when i started this podcast stuff and i mean it's something that i think a lot of people forgotten about but um Thank you for letting us know. I didn't know. And yeah, I mean, I think everything you said, it's just, it's whatever the United States has in store for him, um, is, is, um, obviously not for him, good for him as an individual, but I just think for journalists like yourself, Owen, you know, I don't think that this is a, or the American people for that matter. Um, it's just not a, it's just not a good look, right? Not at all. I mean, that's the least of it to say it's not a good look, but it's, it's not good at all. Yeah. It's, 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 it's horrifying. Let's take Spenny. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, go ahead. Cool. Um, I really appreciate both your work. Uh, Owen, I'm newer to your stuff. It's really fantastic. I wanted to speak on something you said earlier that kind of hit my ear weird. Uh, you said something about how Democrats are afraid to confront like this institutional system that couldn't do anything about gun control if it tried, you know? I'm not trying to like misconstrue something you said in passing as like a fully formed reductive take or anything just for my own catharsis. I, you know, I would want to say that I agree that fear is a motivator there, but um, I guess I also wanted to emphasize my own sense that like the dumbest, most corrupt, complacent, self-serving individuals on earth are United States senators along with like the great, majority of electeds and administrators in national government. And I think that Democrat, democratic brain, uh, you know, brains individually, collectively, they're so rotted by institutionalism and the literal, the literal brain rot occurring within this, this hawkish gerontocracy, um, you know, whose glory days surrounded the crime bill. Um, but while they're, completely out to lunch or out of touch, they're not totally incompetent. And, and you know, if Democrats are afraid or beholden to institutionalism in any sense, I, I would think that it would be by dint of self-preservation. And, um, you know, that fear that you might have been talking about is, I just feel like, so inclusive rather than exclusive of, of that sure. selfishness, whether sure. or not. I think, I think think that, yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, when I talk about like the institutionalism uh, of of the party in in this case, like specifically, uh, I'm talking about like the reason that they are giving for not acting on you know in this case we're talking sure, about sure. it could it could it, it, it could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I think Spenny's completely right that yes, like this is this is an example of like like an, a, a gerontocracy that's that's uh, set in its ways. And yes, it's corrupt, but I think that really, you know, the people who are driving this, um, who are driving this, uh, uh, this specific approach to democratic politics aren't even like specifically the people who are technically in power, right. uh, the people who are the face of it. Um, they are like the consulting class. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I think, too, I think too, Spenny, what you said is key if the fear I think is, um, is, is, I mean, obviously like rotted brains, but there's a fear, I think, of losing, um, and not, when I say losing, I don't mean like losing elections because they don't care about winning, right? 
It's about losing their station in this institution and I guess becoming irrelevant, even more irrelevant than they already are. You know, like, I mean, I really like it's it's interesting to kind of do an analysis of these people because you really ask yourself, why do you make the decisions you make? And I think you hit something, too. It's self-preservation, right? It's self-preservation. I mean, the, the right is fighting for self-preservation preservation in one way, but it seems to be inclusive of their base and people, even if they're for cynical reasons. Literally, it That's why it just like strikes it me as so yeah. individually self-serving, especially on yes. the institutional yes. left. Yes, it's it's like literally like you guys are along for the ride. Like I think I had made a tweet the other day where like you know um, you know Bernie was like uh, um, you know fight for someone you don't know, and the establishment lives are like fight for us. You know what I mean? And we're gonna throw you out of the car while we're on our way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like we're just along for the ride, right? Where and I'm not giving any credit to the right here, but I mean they fucking win, right? And culturally too, there are reasons for that. I mean I'm not making it sound as if materially also the left hasn't been like you know beaten down for like decades but they seem to have if you want to talk about a big tent their big tent seems a lot more inclusive than the ones that liberals promise right so Mm -hmm. i don't know that's just something i think about a lot yeah Yeah, absolutely all right well yeah so spending thank you for your call um yeah we are gonna wrap here though um Mm -hmm. so aaron can you tell people uh where they can find you yeah, so people can listen to the Trailbillies. Um, you know, we just recorded a pretty, pretty cool, funny episode yesterday on our Patreon. Um, so we also have free episodes. But if you're if you're feeling um, generous and you want to listen, you can uh, you can become a patron at Trailbilly Workers Party, and then people can find me at Struggle Session where I talk about comics. I just talked about Star Trek: Deep Space Nine with Leslie Lee and Jack Allison, and um, everybody loves communism. Where I. Uh, Host a theory podcast and kind of current events with my co-host Jamie Peck and Jorge, and um, people can check out Borg Posting. Um, I think Owen, this is the account that is going to stay. Um, I have not been uh, <laughs> banned or suspended yet, uh, so yeah, people can check out Borg Posting at Twitter to see my like shit posting sci-fi art and shit. Yeah, I think I think it's been I think it's been three. Th- this is three shows now where you've had three shows with the same account. So this is this is this is it. This is looking good. And uh, thank you as well, Owen, uh, for, for always having me on, man. Yep. Everybody everybody listening uh, uh, live or on replay uh, on the app, please be sure to follow, subscribe. Uh, follow me, subscribe to the show. Uh, if you're listening, replay on Spotify or Apple through syndication. Uh, please be sure to rate, like, etc. cetera, uh, the show there. And uh, get the app uh, because then you can join us uh, for these conversations live. So, Thanks, Aaron, and thanks, everybody. Thanks, uh, Lauren, Michael, Spenny, and Jason for calling in. And, uh, yeah, we'll see, you, uh, we'll see you later this week with uh, what, what should be a pretty entertaining uh, debate uh, between two supporters of people on either side of uh, this New York State uh, election. There's a, I should have that up pretty soon so you guys can see. Oh, yeah. Who, I wanna, I'm, gonna I'm interested in that very much so. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh, going to be uh, a surrogate for uh, Nomiki Konst and a surrogate for uh, Chris. So she also. we can host a podcast, but she can't come on. Nah, let me stop. I'm talking shit. I'm talking shit. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I didn't invite I didn't invite either of them. I just invited their <laughs> surrogates for this one. Yeah, all right, all right. All right. All right. Talk soon. Bye, guys.